0: My
1: father knew the CEO of Zenith, who said, well, well, let him come and do an internship, and then we'll see. So I started there in 1965, and my internship ended 40 years later,
0: having involved
1: time spent in many different departments. My name is Marc-Claude which is a very Swiss name. The early 1970s saw the arrival of quartz and electronics. People no longer wanted anything else, because quartz was so very accurate, telling us, your mechanical timepieces are all very well, but they are completely out of date.
0: It's almost
1: exactly what Charles Vermont was told. Your El Primero movement has been outstripped by the new technology emerging.
0: He was a watchmaker at heart, and his
1: response was as follows This is really the quintessence of watchmaking. One cannot do anything finer than pairing precision with the chronograph. He knew this because he was also a chronometer-maker,
0: and he felt that this
1: automatic chronograph movement was so accurate that it would be ridiculous to just ditch everything. Charles Vemont thus decided to preserve everything he could and see what would happen. This move would later save Zenith.
0: De, de but at the
1: time, management had formally banned continuing to produce El Primero. Charles Vermeaux's act was one of complete disobedience, of which only two or three people were aware.
0: God, thank
1: but thank heavens he did indeed set aside all the machines and components.
0: The course, at the time, it was an automatic, chronograph it was endowed
1: with a level of quality that would still be acknowledged to this day. We definitely had no idea. Was El Primero the
2: first? The never-ending story of the Maison Zenith deploys its virtuoso skills in the service of precision with El Primero, its movement unique in all the world. January 10, 1969 was a milestone date the day the peerless chronograph made its grand stage entrance and took every connoisseur of advanced mechanisms by surprise. But while it's a tough task to explain its extraordinary complexity to the general public, Zenith is nevertheless prepared to take a teaching-oriented approach. You're listening to El Primero Stories, the movement podcast. Let's start with a question. Was El Primero really the world's first fully integrated high-frequency automatic wrist chronograph? The answer is a definite yes, as the movement took advantage of the greatest technological advances adapted by Zenith to a wristwatch. On January 10th, 1969, when the creation of this innovative chronograph was announced, the topic was very much in the air. Other companies, such as Buren Hamilton, Breitling, dubois Depraz, and the Hoyer-Leonidas Group, were also working on the creation of a self-winding chronograph movement. The latter firms had indeed joined forces to offer a movement without a column wheel, called Caliber 11 Chronomatic. The presentation took place on March 3, 1969, two months after that made by Zenith. And the chrono was partially patented by Buren in 1967. It featured a modular design with no integrated automatic winding, but instead an additional module supplying the necessary energy reserve. At that time, manufacturer Zenith had been working on developing its new movement since 1962, while integrating automatic winding into its construction. In 1967, it further enhanced its caliber by fitting it with a high-frequency escapement the project was already five years old. Japanese manufacturer Seiko had also been working on a chronograph movement for several years. In mid-May 1969, Seiko became the first to market an automatic chronograph watch with both a vertical clutch and a column wheel. At the time the Japanese model had neither a minute totalizer nor manual winding in addition to its automatic winding system. Seiko was to develop its caliber the following year by incorporating these two characteristics. Let's rewind a little to share a watchmaking story. We must delve much deeper into the history of watchmaking, expanding our scope beyond wristwatches in order to grasp what might have preceded the creation of the Zenith movement. The high frequency of 36,000 vibrations per hour was already present in the early 1930s, but in pocket models and not in wristwatches. These early models, created by Alfred Melan, a watch-movement constructor at La were exclusively dedicated to sports timing and included a split-seconds complication. To promote this performance, its developer opted for a 24 line movement that would enable it to be fitted into a 57mm model, far removed from wristwatch size. Other companies, also working on the development of a high-frequency at around the same time, were following a very similar approach. It was probably on October 28, 1947, that the invention of a self-winding wristwatch chronograph came close to causing a sensation. Albert Piguet, a movement maker at Le Mania, set the finishing touches to a wristwatch chronograph movement on which he had been working two years earlier. The caliber was not an all-new creation, instead consisting of a pre-existing chronograph movement CH27C12A, fitted with a bumper winding device. Within this system, the travel of the oscillating weight ensuring the winding is confined between two fixed points with which it comes into contact via an intermediate spring, which facilitates its mobility. The construction of this movement, beating at 18,000 vibrations per hour, meant it was particularly thick and only a dozen of them were ever manufactured and marketed. It should be noted, however, that it included a column wheel. Consisting of an automatic winding model superimposed on a traditional movement, its thickness led to a negative decision with regard to its potential serial production. A state of euphoria sometimes inhabits even the most pragmatic mind, as confirmed by the never-ending story of Zenith. When the Swiss watchmaker officially announced the birth of its movement on January 10, 1969, the manufacturer was fully entitled to highlight its performance, which, as the press mentioned, was truly a world-first and made a significant contribution to the history of watchmaking. The explanation provided to the general public by the press on the basis of the Zenith press release is nevertheless somewhat surprising. This document refers to the combination of two watches in one, with on the one hand a high-frequency automatic winding watch with calendar complemented by a chronograph timer enabling measurements accurate to the nearest tenth of a second. It added, the extraordinary achievement lies in the fact that both mechanisms are housed in a smaller volume than that of a traditional chronograph. With hindsight, the formula appears somewhat clumsy, given that the very principle of integrated automatic winding is precisely to be part of a single movement with all other constituent parts. In trying to clarify its characteristics, this initial oversimplified explanation made Zenith's performance understandable, but failed to highlight its specificity. With El Primero, in 1969, Zenith effectively merged all known and most efficient watchmaking characteristics into a chronograph that was clearly avant-garde at the time. It remained so half a century later, featuring a technology that is still as modern and exclusive as ever, because El Primero has never been followed by a second in the form of a challenger that might have taken its place. It was the first born, and remains the first that has never been caught in its race to measure time.
3: Thank you very much to all of you for listening to this El Primero movement story, a podcast which has been dedicated to movement excellence. My name is Julien Tornard and I'm the CEO of Zenit. Like you, we are all sharing passion about watches, passion about watchmaking, and I think all these stories that you've been listening to are basically great examples of sharing this fantastic passion. We have been celebrating this year the 50th anniversary of one of the most, if not the most important movement in the watch industry, called the El Primero, a legendary movement created in 1969. All over the year, we've been around the world to celebrate this movement with different friends and aficionados of our brand and sharing this passion. So I'm very happy that you could hear all these interesting stories about the brand, including Charles Vermo's story, which is a man I want to celebrate, especially this year for this anniversary. I'm also looking forward to being with you in the next episode and to share more adventures about watchmaking and about El Primero. Thank you.